welcome, welcome, welcome to the Friday version of the Saz Cast. We love the Friday episodes around here. Uh, welcome to the Saz Cast, the sexiest financial podcast <laughs> in the world. This is where finance meets romance. My name's Adam Saz. Like you call me Saz, you know that you see the name behind me, right? Uh, SOS, just in case you need to call for help. That's so you can also remember that as well. <laughs> call me Saz, and we are here to help you fellas out there and even you ladies out there get paid, get laid, and do it. Your way. Your way. The lovely <laughs> Natalia Davaye is out hello, here as hello. always. Look at that smile, million dollars. <laughs> hi, hi. She didn't even have to pay for it. That just came natural. Well, I did have an orthodontist. Oh, shit, she did. <laughs> I had an orthodontist. Okay, but that's team. my bad. All right, we got R. Kelly in the house. Let's get a, let's get a um, no, shout out to R. Kelly. I mean, sorry, Kelly. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about R. Kelly. He's going back to jail for some, some more of what he likes to do. Kelly Queen. Um, we've got a, by the way, cheers to you guys out there. Cheers. You know, we, we like... Uh, the Friday episodes, this may or may not be a cocktail. We can't talk about these cocktails because yes. until we get a liquor sponsor. Juice. The juice out there. We got the juice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've had an amazing week here at Value Team. We had our first live event that went off. Like, I thought it'd be good. It was great. Yeah, it was phenomenal. If you missed that, it was ridiculous. Uh, tune into that. We did that at the PBD podcast yesterday. It was amazing. A couple hundred people here live in the audience. PBD, myself, the BizDoc, Vinny. Uh, it was a great, it was an amazing event. The VIPs went back to the Sakar Lounge after that. Yep. Um, it was just an amazing time. So if you were here, shout out to being here. We took pictures, we yeah. had lunch, we had a great time. People asked questions, good conversations. By the way, what did you think of the, the, the live event? You were there, you yeah. were doing the hostess thing. It was epic. Thing. It was a definitely a real show. I think the audience really got to interact with the actual podcast. I think sometimes when things are online too much, you don't really get that personal connection and based on like how the audience and the feedback we got they really enjoyed it and i think they really got to experience the energy that comes from the podcast in real life so mm -hmm. it was phenomenal i loved it i loved meeting i think one thing my favorite is like meeting like people who are fans meeting people who support what you're doing um it's just a nice little rev up of like keep going keep doing it and um it was interesting it was very interesting to see everyone interact it was just the excitement and everything and a lot of hard work put behind it, so shout out to the Valuetainment team uh, for putting it together and all the hard work behind it. Pat, shout out to Pat for, you know, putting up the podcast together and all of you guys, the content creators, um, for, you know, putting on a show for everyone who came. It was so a it was phenomenal. show. It Real was talk. a show. By the way, we are working on doing a live event for the Saucecast. Yes. Stay tuned on that. We're also have, uh, <laughs> we're going to be putting and together also another big event for the uh for an episode, we're gonna reveal that yes. next time. I we'll think time. you said we were gonna have strippers at the sauce cast. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> too soon. Do I not Listen, say that? <laughs> strippers are people too, <laughs> and uh, people you know, we, we do not discriminate around here. Um, Kelly, how did you like the live event yesterday? Yeah. You were real sweet. You were running the show. You were also security at one point. Yeah, I was. I was actually. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it was really great. Uh, a lot of different kinds of people get to got to come that uh, normally just, you know, sit and, and watch from home and they get to meet uh, these people that they watch every week. And it's it's incredible to see them have such an impact in their life in, in real time versus, you know, watching it uh, through the screen. So I think that mattered a lot. And again, shout out to the VT team because that was went unbelievably well. Yeah, we really appreciate the guys that showed up live. We really appreciate the guy, the, the the, the guys and ladies yes. that uh, that showed up live and also that 
uh, obviously watched um, on the YouTube. You know, one of my favorite books I always reference is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And what they talk about is not only uh, the necessities of life, food, water, shelter, f everything that kind of comes with that, clothes, everything, but appreciation. So appreciation, people don't feel appreciated. They lose that zest for life. So we felt appreciated yesterday with all the, the people that showed up, with the attendees, with all the love we got online, and we uh, appreciate them. So that's just a little little appreciation out there. With that being said, let's get into what we're going to be discussing on today's Sauscast, where finance meets romance. We all know about that. By the way, thank you guys for being here. If you give us a sub if this is your first time being here. And if this is your, if you're a repeat customer, thank you. As we did last time, Nat, would you man the chat? Yes. Tell us where you're from and your age. Yeah. Would you do that again, Nat? You? Yes, I'll man the chat and I'll I'll check everyone out. Yeah, Nat's I like that be, idea actually. Nat's gonna be reading super chats today. Yes, we're gonna be maybe addressing some super chat yes. drama we've had. Oh, unbeknownst I think it's to time. me, I think it's time. I was sort of the last person to find out that there's some internet drama going yes. on. I saved the drama for your mama. Right. But here's what's going on today. We uh, PBD did a massive interview today with Andrew Tate's lawyer. Um, it was amazing. We're going to talk about what they discovered today and what yeah. was sort of revealed with that. Stay tuned for that. Joe Rogan has been in some heat regarding some comments that he's made. What else is new with that? Right. Uh, why I don't think the comments are that big of a deal, um, and we'll address those details. Um, Tom Brady and Giselle, there's some updates mm -hmm. there. Yes. You know, there's hundreds of millions <laughs> of dollars at play, whether it's Tate's lawsuit, 300 million, Joe Rogan's deal, 200 million, or the half a billion dollar divorce situation. Yes. A lot of money going on in the Brady world and in the celebrity world. Uh, why I think this might be controversial. Stay tuned for this. Why I think Gary V is a mess. Oh. Okay. Absolute mm -hmm. mess. Stephen A. Smith on his trips to Miami and the gold diggers that he's trying to stay away from. Mm. Madonna. Not so good. Not so good. Madonna. <laughs> Joe Rogan got in a little, a little issues with the misogyny that he's talking about. Or is he just being a realist? Mm. That's what's going on here. Aging is weird, says former beauty queen Jennifer Love Hewitt. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't die. And again, uh, we might just address some of the super chat drama. Nat, before I uh, choke down to something, go ahead. Tell us what we, th the crowd should know, what we got going on. Um, well, first, thank you all for joining today's podcast on the Saucecast. We appreciate each and every one of you. I'll be reading the chats. I'll be reading all the chats today. Um, so we'll be addressing that. Um, make sure you guys, Adam already kind of addressed it. You guys like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Um, we've got a lot of exciting things coming. Um, I do have some people um, who are actually coming from Portugal. Shout out to you, Portugal. Yeah. Uh, we've got Kansas, 21, Miami local, Wisconsin. Uh, we've got Andrew from Dallas. Uh, so we've got a few people around the world. I know we had someone from, I think, Iran last time. Was shout out on. to my Iranian friends. Yes, By the so. way, keep an eye on that. Yes, Whoever I will. Whoever has the best comments, I want you to give them a shout out. Yes. Uh, we appreciate you, like we talked about earlier, showing appreciation. Yes. We're going to read your super chats. We're going to read your comments. And the weirdest city... Why don't we give them a shout out? You're like, I oh, like I didn't that. know that we had a friend in Nairobi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so there it is right there. Um, we're also going to be discussing U.S. savings rates that are going on today. Ooh. So real quick, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor that mm. we talk about all the time, and that is Manscaped. You know, I'm all about self-improvement. Male 
self-improvement, okay? I, you know, let the ladies do what they got to do. Correct. I'm focusing on the fellas out there. I'm all about self-improvement, whether that's getting better, richer, smarter, healthier, wealthier, cooler, sexier, and cleaner. Thank God. I'm all about Amen. keeping it clean. You're saying thank God? <laughs> thank God. Okay. Well, you, 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 I like them clean. I like yeah. people clean. <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes a dirty-ass dude or a scruffy-ass dude or a homeless-looking dude. Kind of keep it clean, looking your best. So part of keeping it clean is, you know, trimming up a little bit certain right. areas, up, down, up, down, left and right, all that kind of certain areas. And that's what Manscaped helps you fellas do out there. So if you're not keeping it clean, you really need to consider what Manscaped does for you. Now, we all know that when you think of Manscaped, it's kind of like keeping the family jewels clean. But here's what you see this going on right here. Mm -hmm. See this five o'clock shadow? Shadow. Yeah, I trimmed up. Yes. I just, I kept it clean. I was growing a little beard. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not a person that likes it like completely fresh shaved. Some people look good like that. Mm -hmm. A girl I was dating one time told me, you'd be nothing without your beard. No way. And I said, you know what? You're right. Thanks. Shout out to Manscaped for kind of keeping this. <laughs> anyway, so they have a beard hedger that I use. It has 20 different lengths. So if you want the five o'clock shadow look, you can do that. If you have a big scruffy beard like our friend Leo out there, it's out there. Kind of trim that kind of area. If you want to go clean shaven, you can do that. I don't necessarily recommend that, but you can. Or if you want to, you know, just kind of shape it up a little bit. They got that beard trimmer for that. Yeah. And here's the deal. You can actually do it in the shower. Oh. Yeah. So you never have to like, you, you ever have your sink? It's all dirty. It's all messy. <laughs> Down the shower. Hey, nice. how are we doing out there? Doing anyway, it's a one-stop shop here at Manscaped. It's not just for your face. It's not just for the family jewels. It's a whole host of products. Uh, everything you need for good hygiene and keeping it clean. The Platinum Package 4.0. It has the electric razor, so no nicks, no cuts, looking good. Uh, beard oil, uh, beard balm, shampoos, body washes, body sprays, deodorants for upstairs, downstairs. If you've got little nose hairs going on or ear hairs, so you, you ever see an old man just with ear yes. hair growing out, it's like, buddy, what are you doing out there? No bueno. Manscaped takes care of that, so shout out to Manscaped for that. And you can put it all in a travel kit, so if you're a dude on the go like I am where I'm up and down, I'm left and right, and I'm mm. traveling, you just throw it all in a little kit, boom, you're out there. And they also throw in a free pair of scissors and clippers and tweezers for the man on the go. But here's the deal for you guys out there. 20% uh, off. If you go to manscaped.com, you can get 20% off mm. if you use the code SAUCECAST, S-O-S-C-A-S-T, 20% off at Manscaped. That's 20% off Manscaped. Uh, thank you guys at Manscaped for all you do and helping keep it clean, and you guys keep it clean out there. Um, with that being said, let's start this episode. Um, what I want to do is start this way. Uh, is, is it possible to pull up? The a, an image on YouTube of PBD interviewing the lawyer. I'd like people to get a Visual. an idea of what happened today. Yeah. I think there were sixteen thousand people watching live. 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 Okay. At once. You know, usually we get five, six, eight thousand people like watching 10, live. Ten thousand yeah. sometimes. Sixteen thousand is a big number. Okay. You pull that up, Kels. Perfect. Okay, that's her. We all know PBD, the logo, maybe a shot of the both of them. Boom. Right. So they had a great discussion today. It was amazing. And, you know, everyone wants to know what the hell's going on with Tate these days. And she provided a lot of insight as to what is happening. And mm -hmm. I've always, I think a lot of us have always understood that this is just a complete frame job. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody that actually believes that he was holding women hostage or sex trafficking or any of that. I think a lot of it is trumped up charges. You guys let me know what you think. 
Is there some validity to this? Have you seen anything that proves that he's actually guilty? Because I firmly believe in innocent to proven guilty. Right. But we're starting to see a drip of information out there that's like, ah, uh, that doesn't add up. Okay, yep, the government's probably corrupt. Ah, uh, they probably don't like that he's been calling out certain powerful individuals. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. This guy Tate says a lot of misogynistic things right. taken out of context for the mo- most part. And I just think that it's sort of a frame job mm. of what they're trying to do. But we've learned anything with interviewing everyone that we've learned, that we've interviewed here on uh, PBD's podcast on Valuetainment, the mafia guys, CIA, FBI. If the government wants to bring you down, bring they you will down. find something to bring you down with, yeah. whether it's tax evasion or trafficking or jaywalking at some point. Um, it's uh, the government will, <laughs> will get you. Okay. Now you yes. think that's funny. Yes. So well, here's what we do know about Tate: that he did run a webcam business. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that was a for female sex workers. We know that. Here's also the deal: there's nothing illegal about that. Mm-hmm. There's strip clubs. There's different sex only websites. Fans. There's OnlyFans. There's cam girls. Uh, it might be a little risque, a little provocative at times, but there's nothing fundamentally illegal about that. Now, you also kind of need to pay your employees. You got to pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's common business practices. But it's actually, for the most part, a legitimate business. It right. might be a sultry business. You might look down on it, right. sex workers, but it is legal. Okay? So here's what's happened since then. So, you know... There's been some leaked chats about um, the women who are basically making these allegations, the accusers. Mm -hmm. So do we want to start with the chats or do we want to start with the actual New York Post uh, article of what's going on? Let's do the the New York Post. Okay, let's start with the New York Post and then we'll get into the chats of what's happening out there. Yeah. And by the way, there's going to be a message here for you guys regarding your money Mm -hmm. at the end of this thing. So it's not just, hey, we're covering Tate. Hey, that's the story. There's something that you can learn from this. Okay, so let's start with that New York Post article that's basically highlighting the 300 million counter lawsuit Mm. that that Tate is threatening the accuser's with so natalia i know that you've been working on your reading not yes. only super chats actual books <laughs> yes. actual magazines actual articles yes so would you do the honors of sort of highlighting what the details are on this case would sure. you so let's pull up the okay cool uh so let's it says, start with the top of the the article if we can oh we already saw that okay okay you want to start at the top or where she highlighted no we got okay. that sorry go ahead all right and then kelly where should i start uh the letter included the woman. okay the letter included a threat to sue a woman and her family for $300 million if she didn't take back her accusations. In April 2022, the letter reads, You falsely stated to a third party that our client human trafficked you, abused you, and held you against your will. You have repeated false and defamatory statements to the police, the media, and another United States citizen about the Tate brothers. Scroll down. Okay, court documents. All right. Court documents in the case detail on how Tates are accused Accused. of heading a brutal crime gang that tricked women into sex trade, allowing the brothers to earn the riches and bragged about their widely banned social media posts. 
Okay. Do I want to continue? Yeah, no, that's good. So basically, and if you can scroll down, there's a picture of the lawyer right there. Yes. By the way, she ended up randomly, of all people in the world, of all people that can be doing this, she went to high school with PBD. I know. What is that all about? Very interesting. Enter conspiracy interesting. theory number four. Okay? <laughs> but that's very random. But she's, I thought she was very capable. I thought she was very competent. Yes. I thought she was well-spoken. She's uh, represented some very... Famous people. I think it was the, the singer Kesha. I think she represented... Uh, Depp. Johnny Depp. Uh, wow. was it, no, it wasn't Johnny. It was uh, Jussie Smollett. Mm. Uh, everything that he... But she's, she's dealt with some very high-profile um, lawsuits. That's for sure. So what's interesting about these lawsuits and why I think that, that it's such nonsense of what is happening right now is that some messages have been leaked. Mm. Some messages have been leaked. Now, have you ever been accused of something you have not done? Oh, there is nothing more frustrating than that. Yes. If you've been accused of something you've done, or maybe it's miscontorting the truth, mm -hmm. maybe there's like, ah, you know, there's like that weird feeling of you caught me, but was yeah. I right? Was I wrong? But when you're innocent, let's say, and somebody accuses you, and they're so certain about it, and it's so public in this case... Oh, there's no worse feeling in the world. Yeah. And that's why Tate is basically countersuing or, or just suing, yeah. not even countersuing because there's no lawsuit, uh, for 300 freaking million dollars. Yeah. And you know what? Something tells me that if it. these women are lying, which we're going to show some evidence of what they're doing, mm -hmm. and they're basically conspiracizing or conspiratorially going after him, uh, that he could win. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, I don't know how he's going to recoup this kind of money from these women. Right. But uh, this is what's going on. So WhatsApp messages have been leaked between the two women who are basically involved with the Tate. So apparently, so, you know, there's this whole lover boy method that, right. that, the, that men um, basically perpetuate this uh, love fantasy with women mm -hmm. and they, and they, prey upon their emotions to, um, them to convince do, them to yeah. do things that maybe are not in their best interests. That's his lover boy method. But what is the lover girl method? Mm. Bum, 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 bum. The lover girl method is this. So the women pretended to be in love with Andrew and Tristan mm. as far as um, to basically uh, get in with them and to you, as you'll see, yeah. uh, try to basically make a Netflix documentary out of this. Of, out of this. Wow. So this is some pretty weird stuff. So uh, they pretended to fall in love with Andrew and, and Tristan. Now, I don't know if they were sex workers, if they were cam girls. Mm -hmm. I don't have those exact details. So don't, you know, shit on me because I don't know the exact details of who these women were. Mm -hmm. All I know is that they were in their life. Right. And the women have names. There's Emma. And Aliona, mm -hmm. let's just call her Emma and Ali. Okay. And basically, um, they uh, here's some of the chats. We can pull this up, and we don't need to go into detail, detail, detail of the chats. But just you can see what's going on. They scroll down. Mm -hmm. They're using terms like this. Um, you're such a good actress. This is what they're saying to themselves. You're such a Each good other. actress. Yes. Just play dumb. Act like you don't know what's going on. Pull out some tears, or I'm going to pull out some tears, and we're going to make the brothers think that we're in love. Mm. Oh, by the way, we need a fucking Oscar for the acting job that we are doing. Wow. How about this? I can't wait to make a movie out of this, 
and submit it to Netflix. You can see some of the stuff that's going on here. Text after text after text after text after text. Wow. So um, when you see evidence like this, mm. this isn't texts of girls being like, yeah. he hit me, he raped me, he abused me. It's let's do something yeah. together, act it out, okay, play our role, and hopefully submit this to Netflix for a massive payday. Mm. These women, as it turns out, are the traffickers mm, okay trafficking lies trafficking conspiracies trafficking hurt into the tate's lives now what's happened to the tates they've had their assets seized okay as far as a global reputation uh it's not like tate had a massive great reputation in certain circles right. in certain circles people loved him admired him i bet we've even here on valuetainment we've had a great time with tate class act of a guy but certain people were looking for. for ways to hate this guy. And this is, this is what, they, what they've done. We all saw what happened with Greta Thunberg and the pizza and all right. this drama. It turned out to all be nonsense. The government of Romania were working on this case for quite some time. They could have raided the house at any moment, but they basically waited for the opportune moment. So here's, um, here's what I took away from what the lawyer had to say. Because Pat, the last question he said was, so, you know... It, what's your take? You're a woman. Yeah. What's your take on Andrew Tate's message that he puts out there versus what has been perpetuated in the MSM, the mainstream media? Mm -hmm. And she goes, listen, uh, I think it comes down to long-form content and short-form content. Yes. You can find a 30-second clip of him saying, well, women are property. But if you extrapolate and go over to the long-form content, he would say something like, well... You know, traditionally, the father of the bride gives away the woman mm -hmm. and it becomes the man's property. So, like, if you don't tell the full story of a wedding, let's say, right. and you just hear the woman is the property, then it's okay to jump to conclusions. Right. But I thought that it was very interesting that a woman, a female lawyer, yeah. you know, Johnny Depp used as a female lawyer, Tate's done it now. It's kind of saying, hey, mm. I trust you. You're capable. You can get the job done. This is my life and my freedom on the line. And I'm going to pick the best person mm -hmm. for the job. And he chose her. Now, from an optics standpoint, it's also beneficial to have a woman defending you if you're this misogynist. Right. Right. Well, it just comes back down to my essential, to her point. She goes, I think Andrew Tate's message is really one of self-improvement getting your shit together, stop being fat, lazy, and a loser. Mm -hmm. And if you actually put in the work, you can become a top G yeah. or the top G for that matter. Now, what she also said was what I think the world thinks of Tate is misogynist, right? right? Woman hater, woman beater, yeah. right? And I think that's a, a, a very unfair mischaracterization of what he stands for. Is, is some... Is there some element of it? Meaning, has he said things that are shocking? Sure. Yeah. But you know what I also stand for more than anything? Freedom of expression. Freedom of speech. Freedom of belief. You don't have to agree with what Tate is saying, but that's the whole premise of freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying, but I will defend your right to say it. So where are we at as a society today that we're canceling people because we don't like what they say mm -hmm. or how they make you feel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that it's okay to have outrage. 
It's okay to have backlash. That's fine. Yes. You can protest. But what you can't do is just cancel somebody because you don't agree with what they have to say. Right. So, And I also believe in innocent until proven guilty. I thought what also was shocking was how she explained how difficult, difficult it was to get in communication with them. You know, you would think that because you're representing people that you'll be able to have certain conversations with them, privacy with them. Um, and she shared how everything's in a different language. So everything for the Tate side is like for them to fail, essentially. So it, it makes you think like, are they really trying to help him prove himself innocent till guilty? Or are they trying to make it as difficult as possible to pin something on him or them? And it was just interesting because you see what's going on. You see them struggling. Like, you see the photo. Like, I see the photos of Tate today, and I'm like, man, like, he looks beat up. You know, we're yeah, used to seeing shit. him, like, top G with his cars and his money, and he's together. He's clean. He's, you know, and both of them. And to see them, like, they look like they're struggling. And it's, it's very sad because I know there's people in the world who are enjoying it. There's people in the world who I do think believe what is going on is true. And, you know, the women who are having these conversations behind closed doors, I feel bad for those women. Only because it's like you have to stoop down to this lowest level to have some sense of success in your life. And I think to find success through failure and through, like, mischievous things, it's a bad way to represent yourself. And when the truth comes out, like how, how some of these uh, text messages are, you know, it makes a woman even look even worse, you know? And I think that's important today that, you know, when there's times of chaos and disaster, you know, people who resort to feeding into that rather than doing the right thing, um, but it was very interesting to hear her take and you can see she was very like, I don't want to say worried, but she was very like, I want to help these gentlemen. Mm -hmm. There's no like, I'm looking for a paycheck. You know, you can meet people and you're like, oh, you're just looking for the fame and the light and the clout. And you can see she's really trying to work to find, to get away, um, get them out of jail. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a... It's very sad overall, the whole story. I think this whole story is very, the women, the men, the situation. Um, but I think once it ends and everything comes to light, I think it's going to be a real big eye opener for everybody out in the world. Mm -hmm. I think everybody's going to think twice before they do certain things. Um, and I think it'll be a good lesson for everybody. But I hope that it comes to the truth coming out and everybody gets the fair you know, uh, result of that. Yeah, it was a it was a great glimpse as to, uh, into what it's like yeah. uh, being an attorney. Yeah, uh, representing someone who's been falsely accused. Okay, trying to communicate with somebody in another language on the other side of the world. She's in California, I believe. Yes. So communicating from California to Romania, there's probably a ten hour difference. Yes. Okay. Um, what I thought was interesting, and this is you know, if you ask me, what I think Tate stands for, it's. You know, stoicism, right? Dealing with pain and hardship and not uh, crumbling mm -hmm. and not uh, giving into the worst that you can kind of get to. You know, some people want to play victim. That is not what Tate stands for. That's the right. biggest takeaway I took from him. Having a positive mindset. And it, it was very interesting, uh, you know, because th there was four of them within the Tate crime family, so mm -hmm. to speak, that were in jail. It was the Tate brothers, Andrew and Tristan, but also two women yeah. that worked with them. I think it was uh, Georgina and another lady as well. Mm -hmm. Do you know that they freed the two ladies? 
They took the, they they um, they put the two ladies that were in jail. They put them on house arrest, so they're home now. Right. And he said, "Well, what are your thoughts on that?" And she goes, "You know, I spoke with Andrew, and Tristan, and uh, who are currently in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in side by side cells. Yeah. And she goes, the one thing that I will tell you about Tate is this." is that he was happy that the women were out and that they were still in there. Wow. Okay? Think about that for a second. This mm-hmm. misogynist, right. this person that, that hates women, was happy to hear that the two women were out home safely and they're still suffering in jail. Right. So, listen, I think any gentleman would put a woman who's falsely accused ahead of themselves and put himself in harm's way, so to speak, in still in jail while the women are at least free. I thought that was very interesting. So we'll see what happens here. And my prediction is these women, Emma and Aliona, the what I call the accusers, mm-hmm. they are going to s- soon stand trial as to what they did wrong. So every hero or every main character has a story arc. And this is sort of the lowest moment in the story arcs, mm. uh, in, this, in this character's story arc. And something tells me that there's a silver lining and as we say around here, the future looks bright. So yeah. uh, it, it seems to me this is not the end of Tate. I don't think he's going to rot and sell for the rest of his life. No. I just don't see it. Something tells me he's going to redeem himself. He's going to come out the victor and uh, just stay the course and yeah. keep a positive mindset and do some push-ups while you're in jail. Come out a little bit stronger than you yeah. were on the other side. And talk about being like mentally strong. You know, you go from living a certain lifestyle, a certain standard, certain things that you've you know, sacrifice over your lifetime to have that lifestyle to go live the life of being in jail, being oh, accused man. and doing all those things. Like, talk about turmoil. I can only imagine the mental state. Like, physical state, okay, you do some push-ups, sure. Yeah. But the mental toughness and the mentality you have to have to go through that. And then being in a different, you know, country and all those things. Like, there's so many aspects to it. So, yeah, you know, I, I hope it comes to conclusion very quickly. I'll add one more thing. By the way, can you do a poll real quick if you think Tate is innocent, the Tates are innocent or guilty? That'd be interesting to see. I'll say one last thing about the Tates and regarding money, mm. okay? Regarding money specifically, because you know we do like to cover some money on Valuetainment Money and the Sazcast where finance meets romance. Uh, we talked about this. It was Pat, Tate, and myself, and we talked about the greatest joy of having money and building wealth is remembering when you were broke. Yeah. And ruminating over that fact. You remember when we were eating ramen noodles? You remember when we didn't have two pennies to... to to pull together. Do you remember when we were living in our car? Look at us now. Right. So what's, what's the, that? What's the poll? Innocent or guilty? Um, so the 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 story arc, as I mentioned, um, you know, when I moved out of Miami to join Valuetainment in Dallas, I was living in a sick condo, penthouse, mm. Miami, Bay Views, and I was living a good life. It was the middle, middle of COVID. And I could have chose to live anywhere in Dallas. I literally signed up for the smallest, tiniest one-bedroom shack. I, had, I, I didn't have anything to prove. I didn't know anybody in Dallas. All I was doing was working. And I found comfort and solace in just minimalism. Mm. So something tells me that Tate is sitting in a cell, probably like this. <laughs> just <okay>? like that. <laughs> and just focusing, probably making a list almost like a hit list like Kobe used to do of people you got to get back at Mm. and just getting his mind, his spirit and his soul prepared for when he's on the outside of how he's going to go and basically 
take down the people who have wrongfully accused him. Right. So with heartbreak, you can bounce back and become a stronger person and shape your heart. When you're, when you're uh, wrongfully accused of something, you can't wait to get back out there and prove yourself and prove your innocence. And I feel like all that and then some is going to happen to Tate. So for you out there, if you're dealing with some struggles in your life, okay, just know that when one door's closed, one door open, one door closes, another door opens. So this too shall pass, a lot of people say. Mm -hmm. So find stoicism, find solace in the fact that you're still alive, you're still breathing, life's good, mm -hmm. and that if you are innocent, justice will prevail. Yes. I feel like I sound like Batman right now. <laughs> so the poll was, uh, are the Tates innocent? Or guilty. Mm -hmm. So anyway, $300 million. That's what's going on there. By the way, there's going to be a money message uh, coming up in a second uh, regarding what I would have done with the money if I'm Tate. And uh, But I also want to address what's going on with our friend Joe Rogan, yes. if we can. So we just addressed Tate and everything that he's dealing with right there. Um, Joe Rogan, the great Joe Rogan, is dealing with some drama as well i'm not mm -hmm. sure if you're familiar with this story can you pull that one up mm -hmm. so rogan is basically dealing with some cancel culture uh culture vulture type people uh, about his comments about jews and money and basically enter some father drama mm -hmm. so here's how i'm going to process this and we're going to explain this in a second when it comes to money father drama and content creation you can put your boy Saz here at the top of the list of understanding all three of those things. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've worked in finance for 17 years. I've been very vocal about the relationship I had with my father, very contentious, which is basically uh, the exact same situation that uh, Rogan is dealing with his father. And also making content, and you're putting self out there. Very weird situation to be, whether you're making comments and dealing with money stuff or family stuff, when it's out there in the open and people can weigh on it, very uncomfortable situation. But here's the latest drama that Joe Rogan is dealing with regarding money, Jews, and his Spotify deal. So, Kelly, would you go pull up that article? I believe it's from the New York Post. And let me, let me uh, read the top of the article, if we can, before you play the clip. Joe Rogan's dad claims money went to his head as Spotify's futures questioned after the Jewish comment. So the money went to his head, and this is his father basically insinuating drama to perpetuate whatever narrative that he wants to uh, attach to Joe Rogan. By the way, Joe mm. Rogan's father is named Joe Rogan Sr. Mm. So let's play this clip of what got Joe into quote-unquote hot water. We can start at the beginning. I, th I believe it's 30 seconds. Uh, this is what Joe Rogan had to say about Jews and money, which led to a potential cancelization of his Spotify $200 million deal and his father weighing in on some of this stuff. Go ahead. We need volume. Yeah. Which is just about money. She's right. talking about she's Ilian Omar, where she's uh, she's apologizing for talking about it's all about the Benjamins. Yeah. Which is just about money. She's, she's right. talking about she money. She shouldn't have apologized. She, that I mean, was I'll not, go ahead that's and not say an anti Semitic statement. I don't think that is. It's about Benjamins or money. You know, the, the idea that Jewish people are not into money is ridiculous. Listen. That's like saying uh, Italians aren't into pizza. Okay. So it just pause it right there. So it's a political story talking about it's all about the Benjamins and he's. he's incorporating Ilhan Omar's thoughts about the Benjamins and Jews and all this. Um, she's a member of the squad, political figure. I'm not going to get into all the, po the politization of all this. 
Uh, not a fan of Ilhan Omar. I am a fan of Rogan. And I am Jewish. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> shocker alert. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of Jewish people basically come at Rogan with a lot of backlash, with a lot of outrage, and trying to cancel Rogan. Wow. Here's what I will tell my Jewish friends out there as a Jew and as someone that is, you know, in the content creation space and has worked in finance and understands money and has actually dealt with anti-Semitism and prejudice when I've been when I was growing up. Uh, these comments are not that shocking. Yeah. OK, so all he said was uh, the, con the fact that Jews aren't into money is ridiculous. It's kind of like Italians like pizza. Listen, there is some truth behind the Jews liking money. Yeah. You know who else likes money, by the way? Who? Everybody. <laughs> no way. Turns out everybody likes money. <laughs> Turns out everybody needs money. I hope so. Now, this is where a slippery slope type situation happens. He didn't say that Jews are cheap, mm -hmm. that Jews won't spend a dollar on anything. Yeah. He says that Jews like money. So does everybody. Yeah. Okay? So it's not like this is some anti-Semitic trope or some basically uh, hating on Jews. By the way, keep in mind, if a comedian like Joe Rogan can't say something without having a little bit of jokiness to it, then who can? Right. Now, some people are going to say, well, he's got such a large platform that he has to be careful what he says. Fuck that. Yeah. The why? bigger the platform, the more outlandish you could possibly be. Right. Okay. Talk shit so, for a living. Talk your shit. You talk yeah. your shit for a living. I believe he said that. Yeah. I talk shit for a living. Is that yes. where you got that from, yes. Kelly? So, uh, the, it, it's not like he's out there saying uh, the Jews control the banks yeah. or all Jews control the media. He's saying, hey, you know who likes pizza? Italians. Yeah. You know who likes hip hop? Black people. Yeah. Right. You know who likes money? The Jews. Like there's some truth to this to kind it. of stuff like that. You know who likes Jamaican patties? Natties. Okay. <laughs> so, I love that. <laughs> That's funny. Right. Yeah. So. Um, it's kind of like Kelly out there. Kelly's from Jersey. Mm -hmm. And Kelly's the sweetest girl you'll ever meet. Yes. And I'm constantly like, how the hell is <laughs> Kelly from Jersey? Yeah. Because Jersey <laughs> has a stereotype. Hey, get out of here. Get out of my face here. I'm from New York. I'm from New Jersey. Hey, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Hey, go fuck you too. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you can still be a sweet person. It's not like I'm saying all people from New York are hard-headed, fucking loudmouth people. Mm -hmm. There's exceptions and there's rules. But my question but is, like, why would a Jewish person be offended by that? I feel like that's almost a compliment. Everybody in a way. loves money anyway. That's what Who I'm cares? saying. You know, like, I think that's kind of a compliment. I mean, if if I were to hear that, when I hear that, I'm thinking, oh, you know, Jewish people, they know how to handle money. That's Hell I don't, yeah. I, especially today. I'm like, I need to know who knows how to handle money correctly. So <laughs> the Jewish guy in here. <laughs> yeah, this guy, save that money, y'all. Yeah. But I think, again, we are also in a time where people are very sensitive. Yeah. They can find what they want. Yes. What do they say? When you look for something, you find it. Ooh. And I think if you're looking for something to pin on, like there's people in the comments right now, they're like, that was controversial. I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, that was controversial. Like, how, this is a big deal how? like, how do we get here? We're living in a society where everyone has the opportunity and an outlet to complain. Yes. By the way, if you pull up the article, you can see some of the tweets. And again, this is coming from a Jewish person who's not easily offended. Yeah. Okay? This is coming from a Jewish person who has dealt with anti-Semitism. Right. Guys, you know, it's the boy who cried wolf. Maybe there's no comments there. The boy who cried, cried wolf. If you're going to cry over every little comment, yeah. 
don't expect people to come to rush to your defense right. where it's like that wasn't that big of a deal. Now, what Kanye said was a ridiculous big deal. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What Kanye <laughs> continued to repeat yeah. was absurdity. And by the way, he faced the ramifications for being an absurd person. Mm -hmm. But that's what happened. Okay, Nick Fuentes has also said things about Jews. Okay, white nationalists have said things about Jews. Don't try to lump in Joe Rogan, who for the most part is a free thinker. He's a good dude. He's got a good heart. He's got a good message. He's all about self-improvement, much like a Tate situation. Mm -hmm. And try to label him some sort of misogynist, anti-Semitic trope uh, wrongdoer. And he's Jewish. No, Rogan no, is not no, Jewish. No, he's not Jewish. Oh, okay. You thought Rogan was Jewish? I mean... We'll I, gladly take him. I mean, I don't know. Adam Sandler, you know, we'll take okay. him on the team. Yeah. But that's not it. But again, I believe in freedom of speech. It's the same thing we talked about with Tate. You may not agree with what the person has to say, but I will defend your right to say it. Right. Okay? As, it, you know, there's a fine line between uh, hate speech mm -hmm. and basically speech that is um, encouraging um, wrongdoings or encouaging... Um, mm. Negative violence. Violence. Whatever. Thank you. That's the word. I'm such an unviolent person that I forgot the word. Yes. Thank you, Kelly. R. Kelly in the house. Um, but it's, it's, I think it's a little freaking ridiculous to me yeah. as to what would happen. Now, allegedly, and I don't think it's happening at all, but allegedly, allegedly his $200 million Spotify deal is in jeopardy. Now, I'm using the word allegedly. I don't think it's going to happen. Rogan's gotten in trouble for COVID stuff. Right. He's gotten in trouble for, quote unquote, being racist, using the N word out of context. Uh, I think this is a small uh, drop of water in the bucket of drama that people are looking for. Right. Uh, I'm not buying it. But CEO of, CEO founder of Spotify, his name is Daniel Ek. They're out of Sweden. They're sort of immune for the big tech technology that's going out here. America, I don't see them canceling Joe Rogan over a comment. Like and I'm one Jew saying that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. To my Jewish friends out there that are like, no, any comment out there is a, you can't say that. It's like, come on, guys. But my question is, why would his father make that comment that the money's getting to his head? So thank you for that perfect segue yeah. as to the second part of this story. So the father and the father drama, the father is looking for an angle to come after the son. Mm -hmm. So his dad's message to uh, Joe was, who are you to judge people? Okay. Joe now claims that his father was abusive to his mother and he basically, his mother took him and his sister mm. out of where they grew up, I think on the Northeast, uh, New York, I want to say, to California at a young age, moved him out there and they have not had a relationship ever since. Mm. So there's a lot of backstory that goes here. That makes sense. Okay, so... Uh, Joe has talked about this publicly on the podcast. Joe Sr., Joe Rogan Sr. has sent Spotify um, a legal letter to stop discussing him on the podcast. I don't think there's anything wrong with discussing anything. Yeah. Again, freedom of speech. But this is what the father has done. But to me, there's nothing worse than public family drama. There's nothing worse than this. Nobody wants to see their dirty laundry out there for the world to see especially when it comes to family drama. Yeah. Now, I talked about this earlier. Um, money. I've been in the money game for 17 years, okay? I was a broke boy. I had to pay my dues and become a millionaire by basically fucking working my ass off, saving my money, being smart with my money. When people are out there buying all sorts of amazing things and lifestyle artifacts, I kept saving and I kept stacking. So I understand how money works. 
Um, I also understand about content creation and looking for ideas that get clicks, that get views, that get eyeballs. We are in an attention economy. We do get paid on eyeballs. That's how, kind of how things work. Right. The more eyeballs you get, uh, the more attention you get, the more money you can get. Rogan's definitely the leader of the pack mm. when it comes to that. But I also understand what, it, what it's like to deal with a father who uh, has not been a, let's just say, positive influence in your life. Mm. So Rogan's father was abusive towards his mother. Okay, my father was never hit my mom, never hit my sister, mm -hmm. but was very abusive and aggressive towards me. Mm. And I've had a very contentious relationship with my father. My father passed away three years ago. We've had an up and down relationship. And at the time of his death, we just weren't speaking. Mm. Okay, we just weren't speaking. I, didn't, I was like, you're just, it's, he's asking me for money. Yeah. He's basically blackmailing me, saying that mm. if you don't give me this, I'm going to tell people this, lies. Mm. We're kind of bringing in everything that's dealing with Tate and Rogan into my sort of story. Wow. And it's not a fun feeling to have your stuff out there. And it's not fun for people to lie about you. Mm -hmm. And it's not fun for your drama to be out there like Rogan's dealing with. So I can't even imagine mm -hmm. what he's dealing with, with the father. Now, what I say is this. At some point, uh, your father won't be here anymore, Rogan. Mm -hmm. Okay? And you may or may not want a relationship with your father at all. But there, there is peace of mind and there is comfort. And before your father passes, Joe Rogan... Whatever you want to get off your chest, I would highly encourage you to do. The most cathartic moment of my life was giving the eulogy at my father's funeral. Wow. It was the most refreshing, sad, but also amazing feeling I've ever had in my life. Mm. Okay? Because it was everything that I needed to get off my chest, I did it. And ever since then, the, the, in the Jewish faith... Um, there's no, uh, you, they, they have the funeral as soon as possible. Right. They basically, they don't want the body sitting there for a week or anything like right. that. I think my father passed away on a Thursday and by Saturday, where's the funeral? Mm. Okay. But for 48 hours, I was fucked up emotionally, mentally, physically. Yeah. I just felt this weight. I wasn't even speaking to my father at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, we were arguing about family dynamics, money. I was giving him money, but I guess it wasn't enough. He told me if I didn't give him more money, he was going to tell people this. Mm. And he was going to put it like he was. He became a crazy person at that right. point. But when I delivered the eulogy and there was packed, you know, packed room, probably 100 people at the funeral, friends, family, you know, friends of friends of family. Yeah. People were laughing. People were crying. People were laugh crying, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> And that whole yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. but that feeling is amazing, and the, and to get that off your chest is amazing. So, Rogan, I don't know if you're going to see this. I don't know if you care about seeing anything like this. I know you're in touch with PBD. Um, at some point, your father's not going to be here, and the last thing you want is is to have this this, this hanging over you, this yeah. this uh, this this cloud of darkness weighing over you, especially when it comes to uh, your father and when it comes to money. Nothing worse than fa uh, public family drama. Mm -hmm. And I hope and I know Jogan will deal with this the right way. So yeah. that's my two cents. I love that. I think that's really important that you relieve yourself of that darkness. Um, because a lot of the time, it's subconsciously you don't realize that it's affecting you. Yeah. And I think that's the worst because as much as you try to avoid, like this is the reason the way I am, that you know coming to that, understanding and being able to express that 
like you said, it's like a breath of fresh air. And, you know, we don't really know the details of their relationship. There's good, bad in every relationship. So I think you are very right when it comes to, you know, relieving yourself of whatever dramas you have with your family. Mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, everybody does pass away. And there's nothing like somebody passing away and not giving enough time with them to share how you feel with them. Yeah. Um, so... You know, I wish them the best of luck. I hope they, you know, relieve whatever issues they have and, you know, fix what they have. But hopefully it doesn't go down a deeper hole to where it's like a grudge is being made. Mm -hmm. And that long term can affect you, even how you become a father. You know, um, it could help you. It could hurt you. Uh, it's a matter of how you want to, I guess, move accordingly. And if you don't have the right support either, um, it could really lead you down a dark path. And I think that's how those men come about is that they come from grudges so that when they have kids, they treat their kids from those grudges. Mm. So, again, like it's a peace of mind. You know, I think also when you're coming up, I'm sure he's in a different place than his dad was in their life. And so Ro Joe Rogan is seeing life differently than his dad did, you know, and the same thing with your dad. Your dad lived a different life than you did. And there's different successes on both ends. And I think when you do have a come up and you are making a certain money and you do have certain happiness, you I don't want to say take things a little bit more with a grain of salt, um, but you t essentially do that because at the end of the day, you see that life is much greater than arguments and dis you know disagreeing with with the other person so you know whatever issues you guys have with people it's it's always better to just you know finish it let it be done and and move forward and be mature about it and hopefully it doesn't affect you in a negative way so well, I i'll say one last thing if i could uh and i would say this whether you're dealing with family drama relationship drama business drama i think it's important uh to ask these three words what it's four words, sorry, mm. to pull a Joe Biden. What do you want? Mm. Tell me what you want, okay? Do you want money? Do you want a conversation? Do you right. want to have a relationship? Do you want to see your grandkids? Do we want to have a, uh, any sort of uh, communication? What do you want? Right. And to just like, oh, I'm not talking to him, whatever it is, I don't see the benefit in that. So whoever you're dealing with in your life, I would ask those four words, so what do you want? Right. It's almost like, uh, what's the movie with Ryan Gosling? What do you want? Oh, The Notebook. The Notebook. Uh, I've never what watched do you that want? movie. <laughs> so uh, that's probably the, the most important question you can ask someone else is, what do you want? Right. And let them see what they want. And maybe you can give it to them. Right. Listen, it would be no deal to, for Rogan to cut him a million dollar check. Right. No big deal whatsoever. It'd be no big deal to have a conversation with him. Mm -hmm. But who, if you don't know what the other person wants, how are you supposed to deliver on that? So right. what do you want? Anyway, let's, let's talk a little bit of money for a second. Yes. And you're going to see how I'm going to tie the Tate stuff together, mm. the Rogan stuff together, and your money stuff together right now. So I believe everyone out there, no matter who you are, whether you're working nine to five, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're making hundreds of millions of dollars like Joe Rogan, or whether you're Andrew Tate dealing with a hundred million dollar, multi-million dollar lawsuit in jail, you need to have an oh shit fund. Mm. And oh shit, I need some money ASAP fund. Now, this in many times is called an emergency fund or a rainy day fund or a cushion or just, you know, money just in case some shit happens. Because here's the deal about shit. 
It happens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very true. So shit happens. So you need to have an oh shit fund. So I've interviewed so many people, save that money, spend that money, save that money, sp spend that money. And the, the, the wealthiest people in the world, the financial advisors, the millionaires, the billionaires, the, 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 the movers, the shakers, they will all tell you, save that money. You never know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's always people that are like, YOLO, you can't take it with you. Spend that shit, what I call a spend that shit mentality, Yikes. that when money is needed the most, they don't have it. Mm -hmm. So uh, like you look at Rogan, at any point, his deal can get dropped. Did he save that money? Mm -hmm. I think so. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody expected uh, all your assets to get seized in Romania, your house, your cars, every single commodity, every asset you have seized. Now you're low on cash. Did you have an emergency fund or an oh shit fund, mm. Mr. Tate? I hope you did. Because when you have that, uh, you give yourself a little breathing room. I believe everybody out there, no matter who you are, you need to be a little bit paranoid. Pat talks about only the paranoid survive. Right. He talks about being paranoid, but also being optimistic. Very interesting mix right there. But shit happens. Like I've interviewed people. I'm 100% in crypto, bro. 100%. Yikes. That's it. I'm like, you don't keep any cash. Very minimal cash. I'm all in on crypto. It's like, that was two years ago. Red I'd like flag. to see what their bank account is right Dude. now. Mm -hmm. I know somebody's like, listen, I believe in this nightclub that we're building. I live in Miami. Mm -hmm. I know that this club is going to dominate we're gonna be the number one club in miami i'm putting all my money into it well did you know that 90 percent of clubs closed in the first five years yep. did you keep a little bit of cash on the side and oh shit fund so for you out there uh are you keeping an oh shit fund mm. now my guess is because you watch valuetainment because you watch saucecast because you don't understand about saving Better. that money that you likely have or you are working on it but most americans have it here's some stats for you by the way as far as um, understand, understanding how to save that money. Here's a breakdown in almost a third, a third, a third of what's happening in America today. So this is how much money Americans have in their savings account. One third of people, 34% to be exact, mm. got no money. Mm. Nothing. Nothing in the bank. Shit happens. Oh, shit. Mm. Something happened. You got any money? No. Uh. Okay. Um, not a good situation to be in if you're in that third of people when shit happens. Because shit happens. Yes. Do you have any money in the bank? Now, I've been very clear about this. There's a difference between being poor mm -hmm. and being broke. Poor is, I live in India or Africa or some third world country. I live in Haiti. I have no money. I have no means of making money. Water isn't clean. I'm fighting to survive here. I am poor. I am desolate. Right. That is not where we're at in America today. The average American makes forty eight. $40,000 a year. Right. Okay. You might not be rich. You might not be balling, but you're not poor. Right. You're broke. Meaning you spend all your money on whether it's housing, whether it's your car, mm -hmm. whether it's eating out, whether it's dining out, whether it's having drinks or having fun with friends, you spend all your money right. and you don't save that money. Now the other third of people, if we can pull that back up, have less than a thousand dollars in savings. Mm. So the first third ain't got nothing. Yeah. You got nothing. The second third, it's like, hey, at least I got a couple hundred bucks to my name, a couple right. nickels to put together. Still not a fun situation to be in. You know, they say two-thirds of people in America are living paycheck to paycheck. Those are the two-thirds of people right there. If you add that up, okay, that's a little under 70%. Two-thirds of people have less than $1,000 or just no money whatsoever. Now... If you actually are saving that money and being smart with your money and being frugal with your money, which is basically smart with your money, not cheap. I don't recommend you being cheap, okay? 
but at least be frugal, understand how to spend your money. Right. Um, 15%, this is the other third, let's say, let's just break it up into thirds. 15% of people have somewhere between $1,000 and $10,000. Now, I would encourage all of you out there, all of you, to save $10,000. Now, some people would say, $10,000, my rent is five grand a month, save $10,000, that doesn't do shit for me. Well, kudos, brother, you're making some money. But for the people out there, the two-thirds of people out there that don't even have $1,000 or don't have any money, less than uh, $1,000, you would love to have $10,000 when shit happens. That's yeah. that oh shit fun. Now, there's the last category here, which is like half of the one-third with $10,000 or more. Now, if you've done that, Kudos. Give yourself a round of applause. If you're watching this right now, go ahead. Tap yourself on the back right there. Can you go ahead? Give me a... Yeah, okay. That's assault, brother. Don't touch me. Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Now, if we can go to that other chart, it actually gives you a better breakdown of how money flows here in America. Uh, And let's talk about that. So, again, we talked about basically more than half of people not having $1,000. Push in a little bit and scroll down. 12% of people have less than $5,000. 5% of people have less than $10,000. And then you have basically 15% of somewhere north of $10,000. The goal, of course, is to get more than $10,000, more than 50 grand if you can. Now, just so you know, if you're 20 out there, if you're 22 out there, you're 25 out there, it might seem like a daunting task. Go back to that chart for one more time, okay? The other one for a second. By the way, I talked about this before. Red light, yellow light, green light, working your way up from being paycheck to paycheck, in debt, having no money, to actually having some savings, to becoming an investor. Work your way from having zero to 1000 to 10000 to 20000 to $50,000. You're looking at an example of someone that's done exactly that. Right. If you talk to me when I was 25 years old, I did not have $1,000 to my name. Facts. What, okay? what age did you? When I had 1000 yeah, yeah. I told this story before. When I was 27... I, the most amount of money I ever made in a year prior to that was 20 grand mm-hmm. ever Wow! in a year. When I was 27 years old, I said, fuck it. I'm moving out of Miami, getting out of nightlife. I'm sick of getting paid in drinks and drink tickets and comedy and laughs and all that. Mm-hmm. I got a job in Boca, became a cold caller, ate shit for a year. Not literally. Okay. <laughs> that'd be, that'd been, uh, uh, but cold called my first year. I made five grand, five grand. My second year, I made $100,000. It was the coolest thing in the world at that point. Mm. 27, 28 years old at that point. Just made 100 grand. I was like, oh my God, I'm the coolest kid in the world. Yeah. I've told this story before. I went into my ATM. There was, I've never had more than a couple grand in there in my life. There was like 15 grand in my bank account. Mm. And I told the story of like, I got the receipt. I was dating a girl at the time. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I dropped yeah. the receipt. I was like, hey, you mind picking that up right there? And she's like, oh. 12 grand, 15 grand. I was like, but it's a great feeling. You know this as a guy. I said this before. You walk into a bar, you walk into a restaurant, and you want to be out there, you want to have a good time, you want to meet some people, you want to meet some girls, and you know that you've got 10 grand in the bank. That's some confidence right there. You're going to feel good right there. So work your way. If I could show that chart right there one last time real quick. The other one. Figure out where you're at on this chart. Do you have 1,000? Do you have 2,000? Do you have 5,000? Do you have 10,000? Do you have 20,000? Are you working your way to 50,000? See where you're at and set a goal. Mm. Okay, in the next six months, I want to save $5,000. In the next year, I want to get to 10 grand, whatever it is. 
But if you don't have a goal, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to end up there? You're not just going to like luck out into this type of money. Have a game plan. A budget is a game plan for your money and figure out a way how to get an emergency fund or an oh shit fund, a just in case fund. Because we all know that the economy exactly isn't exactly certain right now. We've had it. We've dealt with COVID. We've dealt with, there's, there, there's talks of a recession. We see interest rates out there. Um, uh, mortgage rates are obviously skyrocketing. They've gone from 3% to 6% in the last 18 months. Um, we've just lost over $2 trillion of equity in our homes. Yeah. We've lost trillion dollars in the stock market. Uh, the future is not guaranteed. Right. Now, what is pretty much guaranteed, especially if you're young and healthy, is that you're going to wake up tomorrow. Now, the choice is, do you want to wake up broke mm -hmm. or do you want to wake up with some money in your pocket? Uh, Ray Dalio, the famous uh, hedge fund manager, caught heat right before COVID talking about, yeah, uh, cash is trash. If you're just saving cash, like you're wasting your time. Put it into something that will give you a higher ROI. Mm. Now, people would say, okay, that's cool if you're a rich person and you're worth millions of dollars. Okay, maybe you don't want to keep cash in the bank. But for regular people out there, I think we all know that that is a joke. Right. Cash is not trash. Cash is king. So save that money. So that's my rant on American savings and having an oh shit fund. And if you're Tate, you better have an oh shit fund on the side. If you're Joe Rogan, I, I assume you're pretty prudent with your money. God forbid something happens, you get canceled, or God forbid there's some sort of health issue. Uh, save that money and make sure you have some money in the bank. And that same goes for them, same goes for you out there. So save that money. Um, Nat, you want to weigh in on anything right now before we change topics? Anything we need to discuss? Any chats? Anything we want to get to? Um, I mean, I kind of liked your rant. I think that was very self-explanatory. I think especially in times of today with inflation being so high, um, people can't afford to have risk. People can't afford to get sick. People can't afford a car accident. Um, and it's in those times, those oh shit moments, like you said, that you need that. Um, so I think it's just preparing for the unprepared moments um, that is very, very important. And I know it is very hard. It is very hard to save during times like this. Um, but even if it's a little bit that you're putting to the side, it does accumulate and add up. Um, and I'll be honest, all the gentlemen watching, um, as a woman who is looking for men and women out there looking for men uh, to be with, of course she would want her man to ha have like that oh shit fun prepared. Mm -hmm. um, so just know that's a very, very important, important uh, feature for your lifestyle, and I think it's a requirement. Oh shit. Oh shit. Um, we're going to be addressing your super chats in a little bit throughout the episode. Uh, I'm going to give a message at the end about super chats, mm -hmm. so stay tuned to that. Um, by the way, thank you for being here live with us on a Friday on the Sazcast here at Valuetainment. Um, cheers to you guys. Now, let's talk a little bit of relationships right now, mm. if we can.